UFC 267 was one of those fun cards. I mean, first time ever I've had to blink, but uh, wake up nice and early in the morning. You know, had the had the um, homie over, did some brunch, so you know everything worked out well. Hey, got a huge shout out. You know, it's a big occasion when I bust out the simply made apple juice. It's expensive, but it's cash. But that was a really fun card to 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 watch. I mean, the Hamza hype train keeps coming. The greatest striker in the UFC might have been on show in that bantamweight interim title fight. And Glover Teixeira is the oldest uh, the oldest first-time champion in UFC history. And he might just have the best feel-good story of the year. We thought Brandon Moreno was amazing. What about Glover now? But then, besides that, it looks like the UFC is trying to sacrifice Nate Diaz on his last fight on this contract. Or maybe strong, him, strong arm into a new one. And then the biggest card of the year, at least on paper, and one of the biggest cards in MMA history is on our doorstep. So we're going to tell you everything you need to know about that. But of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by the fourth on UFC and MMA correspondent, Blake. Blake, how are we feeling after a, uh, I mean, especially in your Pacific Coast time, you have to get up a little earlier for this, but I, it's probably worth it, right? Yeah, I was a little sleep deprived, but you know, <laughs> it's uh, sacrifices that I'm willing to make. You know, you're a true professional, and I respect that. I mean, you definitely did not want to miss the prelims on this sucker. Ooh. Yeah, I'll be honest though, I missed the first two because uh, alarm complications, we'll say. <laughs> That's what we're going to chalk it up to. But uh, yeah, I was up and at him by 8:30 and, and caught the rest of the card and did not disappoint. I mean, it was it was good action all the way up until about what 2 p.m. or so, 3 p.m. Yeah. It was a real full day, and then you even have Saturday night to go do stuff. I mean, what? Honestly, I'm not complaining if they do a card at this time again. Yeah, especially since it was pay-per-view. Uh, it was a numbered quality. event for free? Yeah, pay-per-view quality for free. I mean, you can't beat that. No, you cannot beat that. Hey, UFC, if you ever want to do that again, I'm here for it. But uh, we got a lot of such a breakdown to kind of like I would knock down there. Before we get right into UFC 267, just want to shout out a couple things. Of course, you can find all of our stuff over at thefourthandlong.com. Thank you very much for tuning in today, episode 63 of UFC Talk here. And, of course, uh, some stuff recently dropped this week in MMA-related content. Most recent interview with undefeated fighter Chase Peel. Um, he had his return to the octagon he, or, um, here uh, about a couple weeks ago at Front Street Fights 22. Undefeated, 45-second knockout, and now he has his eyes set on lightweight gold. Great guy, great story. You want to go over and check that one out. Of course, that's at thefourthandlong.com forward slash MMA. But Blake, um, also real quick, before we get into things, because um, he'll get mad if we don't. Got to shout out the now back-to-back defending champion of the Suck My Pick title, Jalen Johnson. So, Blake, you've joined me. Short clap. All right, that's all he gets. Um, <laughs> Jalen, congrats. Uh, bit of a tough one there. Uh, me and him tied, but, of course, tie goes to the champion. So, at least we have a chance to get back right to it next week, though, Blake. So, this is a good time. <laughs> yep. Right. Well, hey, we're right back to things, but... UC 267, did the bangers hit, first of all? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I would say so. I, I, I'm very confident in saying that the bangers hit. Yeah. Um, 
is we had to go over a few things here. I mean, and um, Maga and Volka Ozmir was not bad, not bad. It wasn't bad. I was, uh, you know, <clears throat> I was expecting Magomed to be able to get him out of there, but decision a decision went over a guy like Vulcan with all that experience, mm -hmm. you know, fighting for title fights. You almost did get him out of there too, to be honest. It, it, yeah, it should be fair as well. Absolutely. I mean, Vulcan was but, I mean, tough to not get knocked out at times, man. That was impressive. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think I was expecting a little bit more fire fireworks in that fight, but still, mm. it it was still a good fight. Yeah. In, in the end. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit more about Hamza Chimaev here in just a second. Then, um, of course, your main your go to fight with the Blake's Bangers was one of the best fights of the year, which we'll get into here um a little bit later as well. But Corey Sanhagen versus Piotr Jan, what a damn yeah. fight that was! It was great, entertaining, for, you know, start to finish. And I mean, it, a lot of people didn't think it was very close, but I thought I thought it was a close fight. I think mm -hmm. uh, Piotr won pretty uh, convincingly, but mm -hmm. it wasn't like he was just out there completely dominated no. Corey. I think I think Corey put on a great showing. No, of course. Well, like I said, we'll get to that one a little bit deeper here in a second. But the first thing we need to talk about, Blake, is come on man, chew, chew, because the Hamzach Maev hype train, it looked like it was slowing down. He took a the what's probably gonna be the longest layoff of his career until he's actually retired. He comes back against a top fifteen fighter in the leech is a solid fighter. He is a solid welterweight. And he absolutely runs through him like he was a feather. Come on, man. What a performance this was. And what do you think about Hamza Chamaev? And, and what's your, in your biggest takeaways from this fight? I mean, the guy just doesn't get touched. It's crazy. You don't, I mean. What's that, like over a, 200 shots and 200 significant strikes landed in four fights in the UFC. And he's absorbed one. Yeah. So, I mean, what he's on another level right now and, uh, he's only going to keep, you know, going up there in competition. unless of course he fights Nate Diaz, which I think would be weird, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I want to just keep seeing this guy fight, you know, more and more higher level competition just to see like, is this guy really that much of a problem? Because it just seems like no one even has the beginning of an answer for mm -hmm. what he can you know, get accomplished in that octagon. Mm -hmm. Man, it's crazy where he started off the fight by picking Lee up like he was nothing. And then I I, I think he was looking at Dana White and trying to say something to him, right? Is yeah, he who? carried him over to where Dana was sitting and then was just kind of chatting with him. Then slammed him. Yep. And then he had a rear naked choke in, was, didn't get with one arm, so he just switched to the other and finished it. And yeah, I mean, put he just kept fighting Lee out cold. Wow, that was relentless. That he's scary, man. With ju he's just a mauler. I think that's the best way to put it. He smashed him. <laughs> he smashed him good, and there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things that he can do next here. Um, of course, like you, you, you uh, reference there is that Dana White said that he 100% be talking with Nate Diaz about the fight with Hamza Chimaev. Chimaev called him out in the post-fight press conference, which. I'm not sure if this is a fight that makes sense, and I'm not sure if this is even a fight fair to Nate, and I'm not sure if they'll even be talking about this fight if Nate wasn't on the last fight of his contract. What do you think about this one? Um, It's good name value to carry the, the Hamzat hype train, but I think any 
any fan of the UFC and of fighting in general knows like that's not a good matchup for Nate. That's not <laughs> something that like would be a fun matchup to watch. You would kind of just, I think in, in, in the vast majority of people's opinions, you would just watch Hamzad do the same thing he did to Leech basically. I think it might be quicker. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm very uninterested in that fight. Do you think they're strong army Nate into signing new contract possibly? That could be what's going on. Uh, it's, it's tough to say though. It's, I, I don't know. It, it'd be really weird. I mean, you hear all the fans clamoring for Tony versus Nate and then mm-hmm. it's crickets and then nobody is asking for him for Hamzat versus Nate. I don't know a real fan that wants this man. No one wants to see Nate die. <laughs> yeah. And that's all that the UFC's push. I mean, Dan is doing several interviews now talking about it. It just doesn't really, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, it really doesn't. No, it, it doesn't feel right. And who I, I much rather Vicente Luque versus Nate Diaz is, too. Is Nate even ranked in welterweight? I don't even think he's ranked in welterweight. Is he? He's just not ranked. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's ranked in general. Well, it, it's weird so. because yeah, name value is there, but actual ranking competition is not there, and that's what I'm looking forward to most out of Hamza Chimaev right now. I'm looking for a top ten, hell, maybe even top five opponent. Maybe if we just take the whole Nate talk out of the picture, what do you think is next, and or what you think is most ideal for Hamza Chimaev? Uh, I like Neil Magny calling him out. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I respect really, Neil for being so like, like, like consistent with his call out of him. He's been on this for a year. Yeah, and I mean, other than Neil, I mean, you, there's tons of guys, right? There's Jeff Neil, there's Bilal Muhammad, uh, Jorge Masvidal, Michael Chiesa, Stephen Thompson, Vicente Luque. I mean, all of these guys would be good to. And even if you go lower than Leach, right? Uh, you got a Sean Brady, a Daniel Rodriguez. I mean, there's there's really good matchups in there that could really test Hamzat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just don't think Nate, like Nate is a superstar on his own, doesn't need to be in a specific weight class. Match him up with fun opponents. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is your one of your cash cows. Why would you want to just feed him to, uh, to another hype train that's just going to overtake him and, and kind of, you know, lose a little bit of shine on Nate? Maybe it is Nate's last fight in the UFC. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't renegotiate and, and doesn't, you know, re-up with the, the UFC and goes and fights Jake Paul. I don't know. But still, <laughs> why would you why would you want to take that chance? I'm and, glad you actually said it. I really want to see him slap Jake Paul now. It, it would be fun. But uh but yeah, I mean I don't know why you would pit two uh two superstars that just really are kind of on different trajectories right now against each other. Just a fight that doesn't make sense and there's already talks about Hamza Chimaev possibly being better than Kamar Usman. So, two-part question here for you. How many f- more fights do you think will take Hamza Chimaev to get a title shot? And if so, assuming it's against Kamar Usman, of course, and a lot of things can change at UFC 268, do you think he has a chance against one of the greatest welterweights of all time? I, I think, first off, I just want to say before you get, uh, we get your answer, I think it's insane that a guy with four UFC fights is already being talked about is a guy that can beat a guy like Kamar Usman. I'm not saying if I agree with it or not, but there's people all over the uh, MMA Twitter and the internet talking about this possibility, and some people actually take Hamzat Chimaev at this point. So, um, like I said, how many fights do you think it takes Hamzat to get a title shot, and can he beat Kamar Usman at this point? I think it could be as quick as two. I mean, really, like this next fight mm-hmm. that he gets lined up, depending who it is, Nate, 
uh, someone above Leach in the rankings. Maybe Thompson. Yeah, and then after that, I think he could really go straight to a title, you know, uh, a title contender fight. So, I mean, a win and then a number one contender fight. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. If they give it, especially if they give Vicente Luque, who is the backup um, fighter who's going to be weighing in for the main event of UFC 268. Hmm. And then to, to answer your second, the second question, I'm, I still think that I need to see more from Hamzat because we really, we haven't seen him get tested in there at all whatsoever. He's had one strike landed on him. We he's, haven't seen him get put in advert, you know, and he's made it to the second round know, once. <laughs> we haven't seen him go, go through adversity in the octagon. No. So we don't know how he's going to respond to maybe a round not going his way, maybe several rounds not going his way, maybe getting knocked down. Anything could happen in there, right? And and for him, it's been very one-sided. It's been, you know, a one-way street for him. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to see uh, a couple more fights and be able to answer that question for you mm-hmm. a, little, a little bit more detailed because right now it's – there's just not enough data. You know, mm-hmm. you, we haven't seen enough from him yet. But just on the outside looking in – I think he would be a, a, a good matchup. I mean, Usman's going to have to stand and strike, so I think that would be uh, – it, it might be Usman having, you know, him be mm. on his heels compared to Usman always being – you know, Usman and Colby always being the ones that are applying the pressure and, and picking up the pace. I think mm-hmm. uh, Hamza is big enough and strong enough to where he can kind of corner in uh, Usman. So it would be an interesting fight. I mean, I'm already intrigued, and I already am uh, – kind of kind of I already have that pictured as happening pretty mm-hmm. soon I feel guilty for even thinking about them two fighting because it, it shouldn't shouldn't happen but man we haven't seen anything like Homslet before really I mean what Anderson besides, Silva got a really quick title shot I, I was gonna say besides maybe Connor but even Connor it took him you know several fights to get to that title shot exactly man it's a lot of fun to watch though that that's for damn sure too but let's move into the next fight here with Piotr Jan versus Corey Sanhagen. Of course, Piotr won it, um, was a 49-46 on a couple judges and went 48-47 on one. Um, pretty much lost the first round and then to at least a couple of those judges until a lot of people, he proceeded to win the next four. He gets his belt back. He gets another ruby. And there's a couple things to unpack here. At first, it was a fantastic fight for um, for for both guys. For both guys, they, they look great. Um but Bjorn might be the best striker slash boxer in the world right now, or at least in, in the the world of mixed martial arts. And I just want to put this out there. Not saying, it, once again, if I agree on it, because I think belts should be unified immediately. But this is one of the few situations where I could see, like, it, it, it probably won't happen. The chances are very low. But what if Bjorn doesn't actually unify the belt with Aljo? Well, if he defends the interim championship with a guy like TJ Dillashaw, what do you think about that? I think that's highly, highly, highly unlikely and almost mm-hmm. border borders impossible. Yeah. Uh, Be a better fight, I, though. <laughs> you know, the UFC doesn't want Aljamain touching that gold anymore. No. I don't, I don't think anyone does. Mm-hmm. So that fight's going to be made January, February. It's, it sounded like February. Was, um, yeah, it was looking like February, March around that time. And I mean, TJ, we still don't know what's up with his recovery. We don't mm-hmm. know his timetable. I mean, for all we know, that could be another five, six, seven months. It takes longer uh, to recover when you don't have EPO in the veins. Yeah, just a little bit. 
Yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I, what I could see in my hypothetical world that I want to live in, Blake, we just forget about Aljamain Sterling and the undisputed bantamweight belt. Just forget about him. And you never line anyone up against him. And essentially, we just keep defending the interim belt and wait for for Aljo to retire. And then we promote the interim champion into the undisputed champion. I think that's best case. Uh, I think Aljamain <laughs> needs to answer for his crimes. Oh, uh, it, it sucks because, like, I was kind of defending Aljo. I wasn't on Team Aljo, but I was kind of defending him. Because, uh, like, he got a lot of undeserved hate for... for I guess winning the belt, if you want to put in quotes, winning the belt. But for what he was saying after that fight, like saying that it was his two sons fighting for the belt and talking all this crap, he's going to die. <laughs> Piotrion's going to kill him. Yeah, that's Straight not, not going to be a fun night for him. But I mean, still, it, it's a great storyline, I think, because I, I, I want to say the majority of people are going to be rooting for Yawn. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you 95% at least. And probably most people are tuning in to watch Aljamain get his ass beat. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, I mean, that's if he ends up pulling out the upset, that's going to be crazy. Yeah. It's going to be insane. So, I, I mean, the I, world I think will it is, fall silent that night. It's Yeah. I mean, I'm very intrigued still. I want to mm-hmm. see that fight. I still think Aljamain was doing some good things in that fight early. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be able to sustain it over five rounds? We'll see if he's got the answer to that question coming up in February, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, you you gotta you gotta get those guys back in the octagon though and let them settle out their differences because, I mean, it was unfair to Aljamain for it to end that way. Mm-hmm. It was also unfair for Piotr to, to kind of have it taken away from him when he was dominating. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they gotta settle that. That's that's like the number one bantamweight fight right now. And then after that, TJ comes into play all those other guys come into play and it's going to be just bananas. What a freaking division that is, man. And then I guess we just got to wait for Sugar Shanta eventually. Your 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 boy Sugar Shanta climb the ranks and be able to get his ass into a telepicture to make it even that much more insane. But if we switch sides to the loser of this fight, Corey Sanhagen, he has now had a few losses. Three of his um his last three losses have been um I wouldn't say a fluke but it was a fight where he got caught early on the ground and got submitted by Aljamain Sterling. And then he fought a war against TJ Dillashaw in which he controversially lost that one. A lot of people thought he won that fight. Um, and now he fights a, like, if you go off of the couple judges, yeah, Piotr Yamai won four rounds to one. But it's not like those rounds were dominant. I think besides the third round, all the rounds are pretty damn close. So he fights back-to-back really, really close fights against really, really good fighters. TJ Dillashaw, arguably the greatest bantamweight of all time. Piotr Jan, looking like he's going to put his name up there for one of, if not the greatest bantamweight of all time. Those aren't bad losses. Is he, does he still have the, the, the potential to be a champion here in the future? Or is he kind of dwindling there already? Um, I mean, I think he's still so young, mm-hmm. uh, and he's put on so many amazing fights and got so many great finishes already. Uh, he, he's still very much in play. Mm-hmm. I think he, you know, he's going to be sticking around that title picture for a while. I think a logical next step for him. Um, I really think a fight with him and Marab 
would mm. be pretty good. I like. I think Marab Marab deserves that step up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't I just don't know if Corey's going to accept that though. Um, and really? if not, I think I think another good fight would be maybe the loser of the Rob Font Jose Aldo fight, mm-hmm. just to kind of keep him around because now it's that's what it's going to be, right? He has to prove himself again. He probably has to win two three fights in a row mm-hmm. and probably one or two in impressive fashion. At to least get a back couple into that. Yeah, to get back into that title picture. So and and it's I think it'll really suit him too if TJ ever gets to hold on to that belt again because everyone's going to want to see that rematch. Oh man, that. I I want to see I want to see another fight as soon as they were done. So if you put the belt on the line officially, yeah, that that fight is going to sell a lot of pay per views just on its own. Um, Corey Sanhagen still a phenomenal fighter. I really don't want to take much away from him because he's been in back to back losses, but back to back really close fights and against really really good fighters. So I don't I, I don't think these last two fights are necessarily a knock on Corey. They're more just it, it just goes to show how good his opponents have been. I, I really think that's what yeah. you could sum this up to. Um Hagen, still phenomenal finder. Piotr Jan, still the best band to wait in the world right now, at least in my opinion. And he's basically the undisputed champion with in everything but actual name itself. Now the last fight of the evening was a crazy main event here where we saw the was a forty three year old? 42 uh shoot i want to say he's, he didn't turn 43 yeah he has he has birthday right I, at least in the mma world we saw old ass man uh, actually two fairly old fighters to be honest but glover texera he is your new undisputed light heavyweight champion of the world and he becomes the oldest first time champion in ufc history after he submits jan Blahovich there in the second. He's on a 6-5 winning streak. Five of the six fights have ended in a finish. Four of those five finishes have been by submission. His last two fights have both been rear naked choke. And I think the biggest takeaway here is that this wasn't a fluke win. This wasn't something where he got lucky on a rise, got a lucky title shot, and then got a lucky win to get the belt. He was a legitimate number one contender for this belt. And he kind of, except for getting rocked like a little bit there in the second, he kind of whooped Jan's ass in this fight. So what are your thoughts about this one? And and how impressed were you by Glover Texier in this one? Yeah, I was a little surprised at how one-sided it was. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, to Cherish, you know, he proved he was ready. He has all the, he, he's so well-rounded. He's not just a striker. He's not just a grappler. But he's, he's also so good on the ground, works. man. He's so yeah. good. The the way that we saw Jan holding down Adesanya, you know, that their last fight, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy to see the roles reversed almost where Glover, I mean, mm-hmm. for most of the first round, I want to say he was on top and just kind of beaten away. For like f- four minutes <laughs> at least. Yeah. So, I mean, it. W- yeah, I think the main part is just it was surprising to me mm. just how one-sided that that whole fight was. It was eerily similar at least that second round was eerily similar to what we saw with his second uh, his um, fight before this against Thiago Santos of course throw it back to that one it, it went two rounds he ended up getting a rear naked choke in the second and he so both times Thiago Santos rocked and knocked down Glover in the first round but Glover fought back it got to Thiago's back and almost got the finish with rear naked choke but the round was over that the timer ran out here in this fight 
And, and then Talco goes and does the same thing in the second round, gets a knockdown, but then he gets submitted, rear naked choke, because Glover was a veteran and was able to survive the onslaught and work his way on the ground to his back. Against Yon, we didn't we saw him get rocked, not knocked down, but we saw him get rocked, put in a bad situation against the cage, was almost able to pull a guard or at least get Yon to come down to the ground with him. Then he worked around, flattened um Blovich out, and got the rear naked choke. Is this just like the patent move by Glover to get rocked and then to choke someone out? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's playing possum or something. It's happening too many times for it to, to be a fluke win. <laughs> game plan. If it, <laughs> The game plan is to get rocked. I, I feel like, but Glover's chin, let's talk about Glover's chin though, because I mean, Jan said that the Pol legendary Polish power wasn't necessarily them. He left in the hotel room, but Glover... Took a few shots there, clean shots on the chin, and he was pretty good. Yep, he held up. It's that old man strength, right? It's got to be. That <laughs> grandpa strength. Straight up grandpa strength there. And now let's take a look at what what's next for these fighters. Because it, let's talk Glover first. Because we all assume it's the guy that's on, what, a 13-fight winning streak with all 13 of those being finishes. One of the most scary men in all of MMA, he has two wins in the UFC, both by devastating knockout. Most recently, a spinning back elbow, I believe is the third all-time um, against former title challenger Dominic Reyes. Is, and, and Glover called him out after the fight. Is Yir Prohaska the next guy in line for a light heavyweight title shot? And it, this is after Dana was asked this in the press conference. And he went, maybe. Or, no, sorry, it wasn't maybe, it was, it was probably. Does that worry you? Or what, nah. what are we thinking here? Was that just no, Dana being Dana? Just Dana being Dana. Uh, Yuri has to be it. I mean, he mm -hmm. has so much star potential. Yeah. And, I mean, not to mention, he's just 100% entertaining fights. Whereas, like, you know, Rockage, other people like that. Not the best performances all the time. Especially his last fight. Tiago Santos, not the best fight against Johnny Walker. Uh, I mean, they literally just made Yuri weigh in to be the, you know, the alternate, so. You would assume come that on. he gets the next shot then. Yeah, come on. Come on, Dana. It makes, it, it's a fight to make too. And they're not going to do the rematch. Jan Blahovich came out and said that he wants to earn his way back to the belt, which I, I do commend him for. He says he wants two to three wins, built to get another title shot there. And if you look at the rankings, Tiago Santos, after his win over Giant Walker, not going to get a shot. Rakic, hell no, please don't give him a title shot. Uh, <laughs> Yuri, yeah, um, Anthony Smith doesn't deserve one right now. I mean, he got, he um, coming off a, a, a solid win, um, but he doesn't deserve a title shot, at least not yet. So, Yuri Prochaska is really the only answer, unless you make Yuri fight Rakic. That. Yeah, but then, I mean, Glover's just going to be on ice at that point. And exactly. Wait for some recovery time. And he says fight. he wants to fight in March. Yeah, so, so I, I just make that fight, you know? There's no... It's I don't easy. Think there's any, I don't think there's any ifs, ands, or buts about it, you know? Yeah. Just go, make that fight, see what happens, and then everyone else in line, you know, yeah. is next after that. Exactly. Let's pick everyone else in line. Anthony Smith went on the MMA hour with Ariel Hawani, which, of course, is uh, probably the most, uh, besides us, of course, it's one of the most entertaining MMA shows out there. 
Um, I, I do like it. I am very envious of Aerial Studio. I do want one of those one day. That's that's the goal here. Uh, but Anthony Smith said so. Anthony Smith was in December was supposed to fight against Alexander Rakic. He pulls out because he um, just came down with a, he just got a staph infection after a surgery. Um, so he's going to be out for a few months there. But he told Ariel Hawani that the evening of UFC 267, he got a call from the UFC talking about him versus Blahovich. Is that the fight to make? And what do you think about that one? I think that's a good fight. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, because that, that's going to be either making another contender out of uh, Anthony Smith. Or it's going to put, you know, propel, or I guess maybe not propel, but it would keep Jan firmly in that title picture. Mm -hmm. I would say he's probably one more quality win away from getting a second chance Mm -hmm. if he beat Anthony. And if Anthony beats Jan, then I think he's probably going to jump the ladder. Mm -hmm. It's a good opportunity for either fighter. And that's, at least on paper, that's a damn good fight too. Yeah, it sounds like a fun fight too. (laughs) That's the main thing is it sounds fun. It with Rockets right now, it's like, dude, you've had a couple fights, man, where it's just snooze, you know? It's especially trash. that one. Um, yeah, especially that one was against Thiago Santos there. Yeah, trash. Mm. Like, just leg kicks. Like, come on, dude. He's a point fighter. You don't point fight the light heavyweight division. No. no it, it, um, that's a fight. Blahovic versus Smith? That fights anyway someone with their lights out. For sure. For oh, yeah, 100%. sure. Yeah. Both guys I like to go on their shield. Both guys that have good striking power. And both guys that are longtime veterans of MMA. Yeah, they've been there, done that. Fought some really high-level guys. Some legends of the sport. So, I mean, I'd love to see it. Oh, that'd be damn good there. And I guess uh, one thing you can do in the time being, I guess, um, Santos versus uh, Rakic. That, that just seems like a one matchmaking-wise. I'd probably be... An absolute snooze fest of a fight, given what, what what we've seen from them recently. But rankings wise, that's probably the one that makes sense, huh? Didn't they just fight though recently? Yeah. Uh. So we'd have to do that rematch. Pretty soon. Um. That was. Oh no, that was Alexander's last fight. I'm tripping. Yeah. That was yeah. his fight in March. So what so, you I mean, do with Rakic then? Cool off that. I don't know. Has he fought? Oh yeah, he's already fought Ozdemir and lost. Give, oh, season. feed him to Magomed. Oh, yeah, Magomed could be a good one. Be into but Magomed. It's like, but it's like, damn, he's so high up. He's number three. Magomed's going to be probably... Probably. See. He might break top five. He'll probably stay the same, honestly. You think? I mean, it, I'd have him over Dominic, at least. Unless they switch him and Santos, you know? That or... I mean, I'd put him over Reyes. Yeah, I think Ankalib would be a good fight, though. That would be a, that'd it, be a solid fight. He's definitely coming up there, man. He Do with a lot of power. Uh, yeah. I would like that, and that's probably a fight where he beats Rakic as well. And he gets – so here here are my thoughts. You can do Smith versus uh, – so for the title, next you do Prohaska versus um, Texera. Okay. So that's for the belt. Then you in the number one contenders fight, you'll have that between the winner of Smith versus Blahovich and Rakic versus Magomed. That sounds pretty solid to me. Pretty solid, right? It's hard to, to, to complain that the whoever wins those two fights has a really good claim at the belt. Yeah. Without that, a doubt. That'll build a good number one contender. That that hey, hey, Sean Shelby, man. Call me up. Let's do it. 
Hey, it's worth a shot. Get this man. man a get this man an intern contract. I'll take an internship real quick, man. Just give me some like free UFC shirts, man. They look nice. Also, give me some ticket. Me and my boy Blake some tickets to the Apex. We'll be good. Some VIPs, you know, cage side. Next to Dana. I just want to be in the range to give Dana a fist bump. No, why? The real seats are the ones I want to be in range to get blood on me. Just put me next to Hasbula. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, you're almost the same height. I tower over him. <laughs> Barely. By like a couple inches, right? Yeah, I'm a few feet, I would say. <laughs> few Lord. feet. Uh-huh. Under six foot. Your opinion doesn't matter. You know, this country was built by men that were under six feet, so I think you should tread carefully with your words. <laughs> oh, boy. Fair enough. Uh, but those are our thoughts there on UFC 267. Let us know everything that you think about that car, how good it was, and who should be in these next title fights. And how far away is Hamzat um, from a title shot? Let us know, of course, over on our socials, which you can find us over at Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Twitter is at 4th Long Radio. Instagram at 4th Long Radio. You can, of course, find all of our links and everything about the show over at the 4th All MMA content is at the 4th forward slash MMA. And Blake... We got a new segment. We got a new segment I want to introduce before we get to UFC 268 in our card preview there. And this segment is going to be called What the Blank. Of course, uh, because, you know, um, I think it's a pretty good one here. Because, I I mean, at least for you, Blake, uh, sometimes almost got to bring out the sensor beep. But, you know, I'm too lazy in my editing to do so. So we just let it roll. Um, but brand new segment, of course, once we're done with this, let us know what you think, like I just recently said, over on um, our socials or in the YouTube comments on this one. But essentially, today I have four statements, and there's going to be a blank either in the middle, the beginning, or the end, and Blake is going to respond to that. Of course, you can drop all your responses over to us as well. But Blake, first one I got for you today is Dana White will be blank to put to book. Nate versus Hamza Chemayev. Uh, I'd have to go absurd, probably. Absurd. <laughs> Daniel White will be absurd to book Nate versus Hamza Chemayev. Of course, we talked about this one a little bit earlier in the show with how stupid it was. Um, it, it, it just chances of this happening. If you could just throw a arbitrary percentage, what do you think it is? Like uh, of it happening mm-hmm. or like of, of Nate fighting I... Hamzat? I mean, since the UFC is talking about it, I think it's pretty 50-50 right now. Mm. In, ter- in terms of it being offered to him, I, I mean, in fact, it might have already been offered to him. They, they might have already sent him the, you know, bout yeah. agreement. Uh, but Chances it gets made, I'd say maybe 30-ish percent. Because Nate's a G. You never know yep. what's going on in that guy's head. So he could get it in his mind like, hey, F everybody. I'm going to go beat this guy's ass. <laughs> that's such a Nate thing to do, man. You know? Yeah. So, and that's 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 the reason why I think most people love him. Um, so, so I guess we'll see, you know? He's sort of been the guy to say no to fights, but... If he says no to Hamza and 
in post of another fight, I wouldn't necessarily blame him there. Statement number two. The second best bantamweight fighter in the world is blank. EJ Dillashaw. I think he proved that in his last fight with Corey Sandhagen, and then Sandhagen kind of, uh, you know, he, he didn't do enough to show me that he is the true number two against Jan, especially because I know MMA MMA math doesn't work, but Aljamain's beat him already, you know. So there's just a, there's a couple chinks in his armor, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas TJ, I mean, he passes almost every test with with pretty close to flying colors. So. Uh, besides actual drug tests. <clears throat> True. Probably, <laughs> probably should have used a different. Hey, analogy. you're right. You should use a different analogy there. And it's Covington yeah. Fight Week, so we got the CEO of EPO. So one of my favorite nicknames of all time, except uh, he came up with one for Hamza Jamayev. Um, I'm not sure if I could say it here, but uh, it's a pretty good one. <laughs> Who came up with it? TJ did? No, no, that was Colby. That. Oh, okay. Yeah, Colby. yeah, yeah. Colby. I, I swear for it. Colby Covington comes up with the best nicknames. There's no doubt. Is it Colby though, or is it his team? It's probably Colby, to be honest. I mean, that one—the one he gave uh, Hamzat today—I almost called him cum shot. Uh, <laughs> the one he gave him today isn't very hard to think of. So I mean, yeah, but you know, Marty Fake Newsman, the CEO of EPO, and I know he has a bunch of other. He has so many nicknames for fighters. Like I, I, I know uh, there's Ty, a que- Ty Quill. <laughs> There is someone I, I I wish I had the bookmark that tweet, but there is one with all of them. But you have TJ Yon over Piotr or, or TJ Dillashaw versus Piotr Yon. Hopefully, we get that fight soon. We just need Piotr to murder Aljo and then have TJ fight, you know, Piotr Yon there. I think it's that simple, right? Yeah. Mm. <sighs> That'd be that's that's just a damn good fight there. Um, and it'll make me root for Piotr Yon that much more because I hate TJ. Third statement of the show here what we're going to do is uh the current best ref in mma is blank jason herzog oh i like that i like that he's clean you know um it's uh, herb dean has been a little he hasn't been bad but he it feels like he kind of lost it lost a little step there in, in his ref game recently he's yeah he's had some pretty rough calls recently mm-hmm. i'd say probably over the past about two years or so mm-hmm. and he uh, shot, also shout out to still, no nonsense keith pearson yeah yeah you know the guy that smells like cigarettes and alcohol <laughs> it has one uh like just this scrapey voice <laughs> it's good i love keith though he, he's great man he's always rocking the long sleeves too i respect it um, and then, last statement of the show is going to be, blank is the most underrated card on UC 268. Most underrated fight? Uh, yes, that's what I meant. Most underrated fight on UC 268. Um, I'm going to go with Bobby Green versus Raging Ally Quinta. Ooh. I, I don't like think that. anyone's talking about that fight. I haven't, mm. I haven't seen one person talk about that mm. fight this whole week. I think you're right. I haven't seen that either. Seen a couple of things from Bobby Green, um, but you know, it, I it, it's kind of hard. Sometimes you forget Al's even fighting on this card, but then you get the feeling out of nowhere on Monday that I should buy a house. You know, 
I think that just has to do with Ally and Quinta being in the air. Maybe. <laughs> just that good. Get you a good deal. Ah, bet you give me a really good deal. It's not like he's new to uh to fighting at Madison Square Garden as well. Remember his fight was it was it three years ago now in UC two oh five? Was it? Against uh Habib? Yeah. Is it three? It was like twenty eighteen, I wanna say, right? Yeah. Was that the fight before Connor? Now I'm getting my UFC uh, timelines messed all the way up. Yeah, it had to have been because right. that was for the that was for the belt, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he filled in. Um, because Conor McGregor injured someone on the bus. <laughs> that whole fun incident, man. That hey, Alain Quinto. No. Well, mm, well, yeah, because I guess Kiesa was going to step in, huh? Yeah. And then he couldn't. And then uh, what's his name already pulled out earlier that week. And then Max Holloway was supposed to replace him, and he got kicked out. Because Tony, the, the Tony, commission wouldn't let Holloway fight, right? Tony Ferguson tripped over. That was when he tripped over the, the TV wire. Yeah. Right? Whatever happened. Yeah. And Max came in, couldn't fight. Uh, it was basically between, and I can't remember all the lightweights that were on that car. Man, there were a few but what the shit show that whole thing was. And then Rose, did Rose end up getting out of her fight too? I can't remember if she ended up fighting. I think she did. Yeah. That's such a weird card. I, I think, I mean, we're going on a tangent here, but but moving past that, um, but you say it is Alan Quinta versus Bobby Green, and I love that. But that's going to do it for what the blank here on this episode. Well, uh, well, it'll be a recurring thing. Wait for it next week or in the next UFC talk, and it'll be on our NFL shows as well. Everyone that I do with Alex, he will. it will be on that one, so keep an eye out. Um, of course, all NFL shows drop Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Mountain Time. would be 9 a.m. Eastern Time uh, for all of you. But, Blake, let's uh, let's get to the last part, um, little bit of this show and take a look at, at least on paper, I, I think this, this, is with, this is probably the most stacked card I've ever seen, without a doubt. Um, two title fights. Uh, you got Frankie Edgar and Marlon Vera, which is fantastic. You got Gaethje versus Chandler, which is now kicking off the card, which makes sense because for Trevor Whitman, I mean, trying to corner three straight fights, probably not the easiest thing to do, you know? But talk about Trevor Whitman. He has three fighters. Two of them are the defending champions for this card. What a job that guy's done. Yes, he's Coach doing Hammond. well. Doing well. Do- Doing damn good, but uh, before we get to the Blake's bangers and our predictions, just want to take a look at some of the stuff here because, man, there's some damn good fights. Like you mentioned, Alain Quinton and Bobby Green got Phil Hawes on this one. And then um, even the early prelims have a couple of uh, solid fights. And uh, you got Dustin Jacoby, you got o- Ode Osborne coming on here. And then uh, one of my underrated fights here is Shane Burgos versus Billy Q, man. That's a good fight. That's a really, really good fight. So, uh, I think Blake. Without further ado, give us the bangers for one of, at least on paper, one of the greatest cards we'll ever see. All right, let's get to it. Uh, so I think big Blake's bangers make... for you this week, man. Big one for you. Yeah, it's no problem though. <laughs> so we're we're gonna go Ally Quinta, Bobby Green, mm. Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler. Easy. Shane Burgos, Billy Quarantio. Love it. Nice and simple, right? 
Nice and I mean, simple. I don't think you can go wrong with those picks. You especially can't go wrong with Gagey versus Chandler. <laughs> Wait, it's going to be a banger. What? Certified banger. Speaking of certified banger, go on over to thefourthandlong.com forward slash apparel to go ahead and get one of your uh, um, clothing options, whether it be a hoodie or a tri-blend t-shirt from the MMA merch, which is the certified banger collection. Sorry, Blake, I cut you off, but you know, I got the plug. You, you feel me? No, do your thing, bro. <laughs> I love the bangers. Uh, do you think Gaethje versus Chandler is probably the best one here? Uh, like <clears throat> out of the bangers or out of the whole card? Out, out of the bangers. Hell, even out of the whole card. I think so. I mean, that's the fight that I think every, you know, really hardcore and casual UFC fan has been looking forward to now for several months, even Absolutely. before it was officially announced. You know, Absolutely. like that's what it, everyone's been salivating at the mouth for this matchup because mm -hmm. they just know both of these guys, the kind of, you know, the kind of fighters they are, the kind of heart that they've displayed in that octagon and the warrior mentality that they both have, even in the short amount of time that we've mm -hmm. witnessed Michael competing in the UFC octagon. I mean, how could you not be fired up for this fight? Right. You just know it's going to be two gladiators going out there and just trying to take each other's heads off. It's going to be a really good fight, but I almost hate it because I really don't want either guy to lose. One of these guys is going to end up with permanent brain damage. And <laughs> man, I, I, I love either guy. Dressing Gaethje is a really fun guy to root for. Michael Chandler is such a nice and respectful person. And he's a really damn good fighter. And so it's a tough one, man. It really is a tough one, uh, but let's uh, so Blake's bangers, of course. I like Quinta, Bobby Green, Gaethje, and Chandler, and then Burgos and Quarantillo. And let's get to our. We're, of course, we're gonna have our full um, prelims and main card predictions that drops on Saturday. Of course, you can see that full thing from us, from Blake, I, and Jalen. But a few fights that we're gonna give our predictions here and now, Blake. Is going to be Gaethje and Chandler, and then the two title fights between Rose and, and Wei Lee and Colby and Kamaru. So, sorry, I'm first suggesting Gaethje, Michael Chandler. Prediction for this one? Uh, I'm going Gaethje, getting the dub. Mm. KO, I'm assuming. Uh, I would probably have to go with the TKO. Um, probably like third round. Third round. I'll go. It's fights like this where you don't expect to make out of the first, but those fights always make out of the first is what it seems like. I'll go second round, Gaethje knockout. Hmm. Tough one, though. I would not be surprised if, if Chandler is able to catch Gaethje. DC is, uh, he did a little Ask Me Anything on Twitter. Um, I believe it was on, on Wednesday here, and someone asked, how are you going to stop the leg kicks? And uh, to at least it is kind of, kind of paraphrasing there. And he said, I'll eat them. It's a pretty solid response. That's a good strategy. No. He does have huge quads. Yeah, but you don't want those getting on the calf. <laughs> those Gaethje legs. We've, we've seen what Gaethje's legs. I mean, we saw against Tony Ferguson. <laughs> oh. I mean, we've seen it in multiple fights. Yeah. Not even just Tony Ferguson. I think that that's guy, just the most noble one. Guys, leg kicks are an absolute problem. And if you don't have a game plan for that, I mean, I hope, I hope it's just Chandler, you know, tongue-in-cheek just – yeah, Sansa no, I'm BS. sure he actually does because he's a smart fighter. I love that you response, wanna, though. You don't want to take any of those, not even one, because no. one of those can compromise. Even checking those can compromise you. That's Checking is a better game plan than eating, though, I'll tell you that. 
Absolutely. Uh, the only person that could eat shots is probably Hamza Chamath because all he does is eat and smash. Uh, I think that's to be fair. And second fight on the card, uh, or at least our predictions here, second last fight on the card, Rose Namajunas, Thug Rose against Weili Zhang. And we all know Rose is, uh, she's undefeated in rematches. I'm going to keep it going, Blake. Let's get Thug Rose to, to defend her title um, against Weili Zhang. And to prove that the head kick was not a fluke, which it definitely was not. I'll take this one in a hard-fought decision. That's fair. I'm going to take... I think I'm going to have to go at Rose, too, because I just don't like the way that Whaley's acting about her loss. I think she She's still holding on to it. It's crazy. Well, and it's not only that, but she's making every excuse that is possible to make. She's not owning it, you know, to, she's not owning it herself. Mm -hmm. You're the one that was ultimately in there. All the outside noise shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter if someone's booing you or cheering you, you know, you, you got to perform when you're in, Mm -hmm. when you're locked in that cage. And Rose Namajunas has been in that position several times now. She's beaten some of the scariest girls on the planet. Uh, It's hard. It's hard not to trust her. Come on, you're a towel challenger, and you're going to say you get thrown off by people booing you? Yeah. Trash. Kind of whack. I don't think you'll let that happen. You know, that, that's not chat mind's mentality right there. Now, the last fight on the card is probably one of the biggest. It's probably the biggest rivalry in the sport right now, um, especially with the trash. I, I cannot wait for the press conference. Kamara Usman. Against Colby Chaos Covington. It was Chaos versus the Nigerian Nightmare, which is a pretty solid matchup in terms of nicknames here. Man, that first fight was a banger. One of the best fights of that year. A really, really close one until Kamari was able to land that finishing blow there in the fifth round. Now, this is really the only fight, the competitive fight you can make in the welterweight division for a title challenger for Kamari Usman. Last time we saw Colby Covington was a while ago against a somewhat washed Tyron Woodley. We haven't seen him for a while. We've seen Kamar Usman. His wrestling uh, is still really good, but his stand-up has gone a lot better. I'm not really sure what we're going to get from Colby Covington. I'm sure we could we could assume that he's going to have cardio like a machine, like like a Terminator in there. His striking might have gone better. Who knows? Um, this is an interesting one because we might actually see some wrestling in this fight. We did not see in the first one. I'm really excited for this, Blake. Where you, how you how you think this one goes? Uh, I'm thinking Kamaru by unanimous decision. Mm. Mm. I like that. I'm thinking is I'm just going off of what we know. We ha- I don't really know what to think about Colby Covington in this fight because we haven't really seen him against legit competition in, in a long time. Uh, the last fight was really uh, legit competition was Kamar Usman. Kamar Usman has only gone a lot better since that fight. What about Kamar Usman, fourth round TKO? Mm. That's fair. Mm. It's nice of you to copy all my picks. It's nice of you to copy all my picks. Hmm. <laughs> Wait, you think? First? Well, you think? I, I'm going with. I already call Kamar Usman the greatest welterweight of all time. I can't go against him. I have to go with Thug Rose. And 
I mean, we just see more from Justin Gaethje. I think that's all. But once we release the full prelims and main card picks, I feel like we're definitely going to see some differences in there. So it's all good. It's all good, Blake. And, and whoo, boy, of course, would love to see all your guys' predictions. This is kind of a tough card to pick. It might be a good one for the under underdogs, though. Uh, but drop all that stuff, whether it be on our socials, like I shout out. In the comments on YouTube, or best of all, leave a five-star review with your picks over on Apple Podcasts. But I think um, it, it's time to wrap things up. And how we wrap things up, of course, is always with the nay-nay of the week. And uh, I think this this week's award has to go to the first time I've ever seen a ref get pulled from the card mid-event. And that is referee... I'm going to butcher the hell out of this name, but I don't care because I don't respect Who him. Who gives up? Exactly. Exa- Who cares? His name is Vycheslav Kisilev. Even if it's not pronounced that way, I don't care because he doesn't matter because he is the worst ref I've seen in my entire life. He let Benoit uh, uh, St. Denis take like 30 straight shots against the cage to the head. And didn't call the fight. This happened multiple times. I mean, he let him fight another whole round. Another round. <laughs> insane. I couldn't believe they let him go to the next round. Hey, I I, I gotta say that they send the, that Benoit there is. I mean, uh, we we learn from John Anik, the the professional he is, uh, a French special forces fighter. So a legitimate tough guy and badass. Proof that he was a legitimate tough guy. He didn't even get knocked down. <laughs> this dude just ate those so i gotta give a lot of respect to him because that's a badass move first of all um i, I give him a lot of credit for that because most guys would have died um but you, you, how are you so bad that you get pulled from the card how, uh, midway through the event that's just embarrassing man he should never ref another fight on amateur or pro ever again in his life <laughs> that's not even yeah. exaggeration though man it was bad it was negligent yep that's why i got pulled that was one of the worst things i've ever seen i uh man we saw we saw it was dan hardy getting mad against uh herb dean last year i want to see dan hardy on commentary watching this <laughs> i think yeah, he would have gone he would have been in that ring you're right he would have jumped the cage <laughs> Oh, man, what a shit show that was. Uh, I could not believe my eyes, but easily. Nene of the week goes to uh, the ref that gets pulled mid-event because he's that damn bad. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 63 of UFC Talk. It's been, oh, man, what two weeks. What two weeks this is. We get a really good UFC 267 card for free. I mean, we had to pay for ESPN Plus, but that's besides the point. And then we get a absolutely ridiculously stacked UFC 268. Then this is all winding down to UFC 269. That's also another really damn good card. So it's it's a really great time of the year. I mean, we're getting early, early Christmas, and I I am all here for it. But of course, uh, got to shout out a couple things before we wrap things up here. Of course, like I mentioned earlier, undefeated MMA fighter Chase Peel joined us this week. Talked about his fight and his return to um to the square uh, to the octagon circle. 
Uh, I mean, I guess you call it squared circle the boxing ring. I don't know. He returned to the cage there at Front Street Fights 22 in Boise, Idaho. A couple weeks ago, got a 45-second knockout. And now he has his eyes set on lightweight gold. Great guy, great story, great fighter. You're not going to want to miss that one. Go on over to thefourthandlock.com forward slash MMA. And kind of why I shout out mid-show as well. Of course, you can go on over to thefourthandlock.com forward slash apparel to get per- to purchase and help fund the show. And at the same time, get a really nice piece of clothing by getting something from the certified banger collection. Where it would be a hoodie, a fleece hoodie. Which are comfortable. I'm kind of I'm wearing the 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 original fleece hoodie right now, and the tri blend cotton T-shirt of the certified banger. Fantastic stuff there. And if you can guess who the silhouette is on the back of the shirt, I will give you five dollars off of your purchase as well. I'll make that. I promise you. DM us. I'll be able to get you a code for that. That that's the promise I'll be making for you guys. And huge shout to our Patreon supporters. Of course, if you want to support the show, you can go on over to the patreon.com forward slash fourth and long to get started today. Just starting at a dollar a month. Got tiers of five and ten plus. And of course, each tier gets you um, more um, discounts, more content, more early access, and a bunch of other goodies. So go on over and check that one out. But Blake, there's my plugging. Let's cap this thing. Give us your thoughts on UFC 267 in one word or phrase. Ah. <laughs> Come on, you should have prepped yourself. This is every time. Um, early. Early, yeah, fair enough. Was it like 7.30 start time for you, right? There in the Pacific? Yeah, 7.30 a.m. We got a taste of what it's like, what life is like over in, uh, you know, the U.K. and you know, the, the, uh, the other side of the world, I guess you could say. Yeah. The Atlantic. I don't like it. I'm glad I'm not them. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in this week. We can't wait to see all of you in the next one. Go out. Enjoy UC 268. Make sure to follow us on all of our platforms. And we'll see you after possibly a new champion is crowned. Have a good one, everyone.